Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. So today's episode is a replay from our weekly YouTube live that takes place every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time that Yasmir and myself host together. And on this particular episode or session of our YouTube live, Yasmir interviews me about the good, the bad, and the backlash of my $100,000 savings story. So if you are familiar with Clever Girl Finance and you have listened to this podcast for a long time, you are likely familiar with my savings story from several years ago. However, you can listen to How I Saved $100,000 on episode two of this podcast. It was one of the very first things I recorded. Or you can find it as an article, How I Saved $100,000 in Three Years on the Clever Girl Finance blog. And so this was Yasmer interviewing me, just talking about the experience I had when this story started gaining publicity and sort of went viral. And this is actually a topic in my new book. It is in chapter five of my new book that comes out this July on July 6th called Choosing to Prosper, Triumphing Over Adversity, Breaking Out of Comfort Zones, Achieving Your Life and Money Dreams. So I hope you guys enjoy tuning into this episode. And as I mentioned, Yasmir from Team Clever Girl Finance and myself, we go live on YouTube on the Clever Girl Finance YouTube channel every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we would love to have you join us. Enjoy listening. So we're going to be talking about my new book, Choosing to Prosper, which comes out on July 6th, uh, which is in about a month and five days. Oh, my God. Yes. And I are matching T-shirts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're going to be talking about uh, a particular chapter in this book that Yasmer wanted to talk about with me. And so it's basically about the good and bad and the backlash of my 100K savings journey experience slash story. And that's what we're going to be getting into. I see some of you coming in. Hello, Joyce. Hi, Nafisa. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Hi, Danielle. Yeah, so let's get into it, Yasmir. Yes, so um, this is your fourth book, Bola. Um, you've already written three other books, um, and those books focus more on um, giving tips and advice and sharing other people's stories about uh, money, um, building business, investing, things like that. But this book is different because it's your story, and it's called Choosing to Prosper, which is a very strong uh, title for the book. And I was wondering what made you choose this title? 
Yes. So, so choosing is an active word, right? So, you know, one of the, the conversations I have with my publisher about the title of this book was why did I pick choosing over choose to prosper? And for me, choosing to prosper is an active word. And it's something that I, the word choosing is active and it's something that I choose to do. I'm intentional about doing every single day because I believe that prosperity is ongoing based on decisions you make, based on actions you take, based on your responses to circumstances. And so it is an active decision. And it's also an active decision that I want whoever is reading this book to take away as they, they read the book and go on with their lives. Like it's a it's an active choice that I make every single day choosing to prosper. So that's why I called it that. And it took a while for me. I actually wrote this book untitled <laughs> and it took a while for me to figure out what the title was going to be. Um, and I felt like I needed to finish writing the book in order to have the title. And it was me and one of my mentors, Roshi, one of my advisors, Roshi, who we really like were brainstorming over text message and on the phone. And Choosing to prosper <laughs> was decided. That's wonderful. Yes, I hear that all the time. The title can be uh, difficult uh, and it just comes sometimes naturally after the, the writing process is done. Yeah, the other three books, I knew the titles before I even wrote the book. Oh, okay. So in your book, one of your chapters, chapter five, um, you talk about uh, saving 100K three years after graduating college. Um, and you share this story with everyone in this book. And I wanted to know um, why, why was it important for you to share um, this story? And were there any hesitancy to go public with it? Yeah, so there was a lot of hesitancy to share this story because if I'm being really honest, and for those of you who are familiar with Clever Finance and have participated on the podcast or in these lives, you know that I call myself a faux um, extrovert, which means I can behave extroverted, but I am truly introverted. And um, it's really hard for me to share. A lot of people who meet me always they always walk away from the conversation feeling that they've shared so much with me and I haven't really shared anything with them. It's just part of my personality. So there was a lot of hesitancy about putting my business out there, talking about money. And keep in mind that I shared this story around when Clever Girl Finance was first started, maybe like in the first year, year and a half, right? So this was like four, five, five years ago, more than five years ago, somewhere around then anyway, mm-hmm. and more than five years ago. And, um, I wasn't going to share it, but I had been sharing, you know, I had one friend who had been a coworker during that time I was saving, who had seen me go through that experience of saving the money because she was my accountability partner. And I had another friend who knew I had made this accomplishment. And she's like, Clever Girl Finance at the time, we were profiling success stories of women on the website. And she's like, you should be one of these stories because you've done this accomplishment. And I was like, no, I don't want to share. I don't want to talk about myself. I don't want it to be about me. Um, But then I just took um, that leap and decided to share it. And so I wrote the article first and actually on the YouTube channel. So we'll put a link for for the replay, but you'll see a video of me talking about the saving story. And it's a different bola. It's a very um, uncomfortable, (laughs) shy bola. And I'm barely on screen because I I talk for a few minutes and then I put up the blog post and I walk people through the blog post of how I saved $100,000. But I felt it was important to share just so that, you know, 
people could find themselves in not just the stories of the other women that I was sharing on Clever Girl Finance, but also maybe find themselves in my story, be inspired by my story, be motivated by my story, especially coming from a Black woman, coming from a woman of color, and just adding to the representation that we too can do well and we too can be successful. And were there any stories that inspired you um, along the way? So I, at the time that I was saving, I used to visit a lot of personal finance sites. Um, there were sites like, and then we saved, um, get rich slowly. Um, and I would just read different people's stories on there. Um, and those different stories inspired me. I don't even know if those blogs are still around today, but they, they shared their own stories of how they were saving or paying off debt. And they also shared stories from their audience um, of how they were saving and, and paying off debt. And that definitely motivated me. And when I started Clever Girl Finance, when I started saving, um, I didn't I didn't know any personal finance experts I didn't know anything about the personal finance space um, until I stumbled across those blogs. And even when I first started Clever World Finance, I wasn't familiar with anyone in the finance space except for the big names, right? The Susie Ormans of the world. But I was definitely inspired by the blogs that I was reading at the time. Very nice. And sharing this story about how you saved 100K, it's it's difficult in and of itself. Um, I imagine that um, when you put out there that you were working on this goal and then you achieved it, I'm sure there were naysayers <laughs> that creeped out. Um, and I wanted to know what was that like for you? Yeah. So if you in the in the before that chapter starts, there is a section where I say people may not always like what you have to say but stand in your truth and remember your why. And that was very much from the experience I had from sharing the story. So for the most part, the feedback was good. Um, you know, people were excited to see a woman of color sharing. They wanted to know how I did it. That was the biggest thing. I want to know how you did it. So, you know, the blog post got improved, added more detail, got more specific, did a podcast episode. I did interviews on it. And then the story kind of picked up over the next like 12 to 18 months. And it got featured in this magazine, Money Magazine, which I have. And um, I'm going to show you the page where it got featured. Um, so people people were excited about it. They wanted to know how I how I did it. They wanted to um, you know just learn. So this is me in the magazine. <laughs> so in this magazine, I feel like this was where like you know the the uh, keyboard gangsters and the trolls really came out because prior to this Money Magazine article and this um, this story going really mainstream because it was a money magazine and it got picked up by so many other publications and I did like tons of interviews for it. There is in this article a small section here, somewhere in here where it kind of closes out and it says, you know, uh, Shokunbi, uh, something, I can't find it, but in here it says something like, I live in New Jersey with my twins and my husband who is a physician. So that was like a catalyst. And I remember, you know, waking up one day and just seeing some woman had created an Instagram page for me talking about how I was a liar, how I had married rich. I was a trophy wife. Uh, There's no way I had this money. I must have had a sugar daddy. And it became this whole conversation. And to me, I couldn't understand why, because it was $100,000, but it was really only just $100,000, right? You go on Instagram and your latest celebrity is wearing a necklace that costs 10 times more than <laughs> this yeah. $100,000 that took me 
three years to save. But someone is so upset because I'm married to a physician and they just can't fathom why this black girl should ever be able to save $100,000. Forgetting that when in this article and on the website and in every interview I did, I saved this money coming out of college, right? I had this money in the bank account well before I, I married my husband. And so it was just that idea of attributing all of my success at the time to a man, um, which was very weird. And I remember I did a radio interview, which I also talk about in the book, where uh, they wanted me to come and share my tips for how I saved the $100,000. And I remember during the break, um, commercial break, I guess they forgot to mute me from hearing what they were saying. And between the two hosts, one of them said, I call BS on this. There's no way she saved $100,000 by herself. She must have had a rich boyfriend or a rich husband. So there were a lot of comments like that. You know, I was called a trust fund baby. Again, we're talking about $100,000, but it's only $100,000. What I'm mm -hmm. saying, like, I, I couldn't understand why people were so upset about $100,000. Um, and again, I'm not trying to minimize the amount, but it, it, it was just, um, I found it quite interesting. And it was also a little, a little bit disappointing because some of the negativity came from people I knew in the space, not my friends, but people that I thought that we were supportive of each other. And so that was one of those situations where I was like, why did I ever share this story? I'm never going to share this story again, like in the moment. And then I was like, wait a minute, you have to reflect on... Um, just the positive outcome and all the people that this story is inspiring. So I am not a trust fund baby, which you will learn in this book. <laughs> you know, my parents are first generation, everything, first generation, grade school, high school, college. You know, I am a child of immigrants. I'm an immigrant myself, um, as you can hear from my accent. And it was just I just felt like it was something that should be celebrated, but there were people who were really angry about it. And if you go to that YouTube video, you will see that there were tons of like really hateful comments. I think we deleted some of them, but a lot of them are still there. Cause after a while I was like, you know what, just forget this. And people are like, oh, you don't even look like you're worth $100,000. You don't even oh, look like you deserve to have one. <laughs> you don't look like you deserve to have $10. <laughs> Wow. So uh, there was, but you know what? Um, my husband always says that, you know, all publicity is good publicity. And <laughs> that story really helped to advance the mission of Clever Wealth Finance, which is empowering women to achieve financial success. And I feel like my story empowers women to achieve financial success. So, you know, it's a story about me, but it's it's a story to motivate other people. And I always tell people, take what is relevant to you and throw the rest away. It's what I do when I look at success stories. I take what I can relate to and I move forward with that. Hi, Dana. <laughs> oh my goodness, you met me in 2019. How exciting. There is going to be another book signing on July 9th in New York City. We are going to share the details for that in the next week or so. But thank you so much for being here. And I must say that um, Money Magazine article, it was a huge deal for you, for Clever Girl Finance. But I, I want to say that um, I first heard of Clever Girl Finance when I picked up that magazine and I was just looking through the pages. And like, it was unusual at that time for me to see a woman of color in this magazine. So when I saw it, it was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then I just loved your story. I started following Clever Girl Finance and the rest is history. Um, so I, I I commend you, Bola, for um, putting your story out there. Um, I know for the most part, you received um, you know a lot of positive feedback. And then there's like the 
uh, creepy naysayers, um, <laughs> which we, you know, we, we all are going to encounter um, in our lives um, as we are working on our goals and achieving them. So what advice would you give um, people who are working towards their goals and someone might say, oh, you'll never achieve that. That's impossible. You're crazy for even thinking that. Before I answer, I just wanted to add one more um, comment about that. So I, I don't apologize for being married to a successful man. I don't apologize for being married to a physician. I don't apologize for having money because this gives me options for myself, for my family, and also gives me the opportunity to help other people and to give back. And when you look at the statistics, especially around Black men, and you look at just the 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 systemic things working against black men it's not real it's it's hardly ever positive right um you look at incarceration statistics you look at education statistics you look at wealth building statistics especially when you look at brown and black communities so the fact that you see a black man doing well is something that people should celebrate and something that mm -hmm. people be proud of, especially given all the negativity and the negative statistics. And so I celebrate successful people of color that I see doing well, because I know how difficult it was to get to that point. Um, my husband had multi six figures of student loans, multi six figures of student loans. Okay. It, <laughs> there was no handout here. It, it was, it was not. Um, yeah. So I, I just want to put it out there. I did one interview where someone wanted me to be apologetic and I'm like, about who I married. I'm like, who did you expect me to marry? You know how I hustled to save this $100,000? Do you know the background I'm coming from? Do you know how my family had to struggle? My grandmother is my mother for me to be able to be here today in this position, to have this privilege. I'm not going to apologize to you. You should be, mm -hmm. you know, you should be happy for me that one of us is doing well. And I, I'm in this position where I can I can support and help and motivate other people. So I just wanted to add that two cents because people always like to make you feel bad about doing well. So advice yeah. here, you're successful, do not apologize for it. Instead, do the right thing. Support yourself, empower yourself, support your community, empower other people, you know, share how you did it, pay it forward, right? Allow other people, use your knowledge to help other people in your community, in your family to also succeed. And let's try to close that generational and that also racial wealth gap. That's how it works. Not just, not by putting people you see who have done well, not by putting them down. So your mm -hmm. question, Yasmir, <laughs> advice for someone who... <laughs> Who is it trying to achieve the goals and people tell them that they can't? You know what? The first yeah. thing I'll say is keep your goals to yourself. You know when you have people around you who just are not supportive of you. And if you're not sure, the minute you share something positive and they they they, they kill it is, mm -hmm. is an indicator to you that you need to keep your goals close to your heart. Not everybody needs to know about your goals because when your goals are baby, tiny seedlings, it's very easy for them to be kicked out of the dirt and to be destroyed. You need to let your goals take root. You need to have them grow firm trunks before you allow other people start to give their opinions about what you want to choose. A lot of times when people are uh, being negative about what you want to accomplish, it has nothing to do with you. It's a reflection on themselves and what they haven't been able to do and what they refuse to do, right? But sometimes those opinions can negatively influence 
your motivation and your inspiration to continue to pursue your goal. So keep your goals to yourself, number one. Number two, I would say get clear on your why. What is it that you want to achieve this goal for? Why do you want it so badly? And let that be your motivator. Um, people are always going to let you down. So you cannot let somebody else be, you know, be your motivation for wanting to do something. You figure out what your personal why is. You can't let somebody else's goals and ambitions for you, be your motivator. So you choose what's truly important to you, not what social media is saying, not what your family is saying, not what your coworkers are saying, but what do you truly want from yourself, for yourself, and why are you pursuing this goal? So those are the those are the key pieces of advice I would give to someone who is in the process process of pursuing their goals. And I also say, don't give up on your goals. Don't give up too soon. Pursuing a goal of anything is really difficult. Saving $100,000 at the time was really hard. Building this business has been really, really hard. I cried all the, I cry all the time. <laughs> it's not easy, right? But again, going back to your why and remembering why you want to do this, why is this important for you, um, is going to help you pick yourself back up, especially when things get difficult. Absolutely. That's great advice, Ola. And in the chapter, you talk a lot about how you got there. So for everyone that's curious, when you um, pick up the book, Bola goes into details on how she did it. Um, but Bola, what is the takeaway that you um, want for people to have from this chapter? So from, from, from this chapter, um, I want people to to set big goals and know that they can achieve it and know that they don't need to know all the answers. They just need to take the first step. And I want people to know that not everybody is going to support you. And that's fine. That's also none of your business. <laughs> we'll make Instagram pages about you and record podcasts about you and whatever they want to do. Good for them. You just stay focused and keep working your goals. And in this book, I talk about, you know, um, when it comes to deciding you want to pursue a goal, it requires taking a leap of faith. You, you set the intention, you put it out there. You say, I want to accomplish this. I want to save this. I want to pay this off. And it can be scary and it can be nerve wracking and it can make you feel like, who am I? Imposter syndrome. Who am I to think I can do this? You know, nobody in my family has done this. None of my friends have been able to do this. But I want you to, to really like trust your guts and set the intention and take the right actions and, and know that you can accomplish the goals that you set out to do. It might take you time, right? But that's fine. You learn as you go and you make progress every step of the way. And sometimes the progress is not something that you can count, right? Right. So let's say, for example, your goal is to save $10,000. Maybe you've only saved $1,000 and you haven't made progress. By saying sometimes the progress is not something you can count is that it might not be an extra $100 you're saving because you can't, you don't have the money yet. But what you, the progress is in what you have learned is what you now know to help you get to that next level as soon as that income comes in, as soon as you get over that hurdle that's keeping you stuck at that $1,000. So that's what you want to keep in mind. Great. Thank you, Bola. And thank you so much for writing this book. I have the privilege of reading it before it comes out. Thank you so much for sending it. And, and I must say, I, I love it. Um, I did cry a few times because, you know, I am a woman of, woman of color, um, first generation, everything. My parents are immigrants. And it's just to see another woman of color 
have like a similar story to mine and and see her grow and succeed it was just very touching and i feel like it's gonna touch a lot of women out there so july 6th choosing to prosper yes. um, i'm very excited about it thank you so much thank you yasmin so we just we just talked about chapter five and there's a whole lot of i think the amazon take a look inside is going to be available four weeks to the release of the book so in about a week you should be able to uh, click on it and look inside and then see like the table of contents and everything i talk about um but yeah i would appreciate you guys picking up a copy of this book i'm really excited about it before i was like nervous and now i'm excited <laughs> so i'll tell you what else is discussed in this book i talk about my upbringing, I talk about coming of age, my career, transitioning from my career to building my own business, dealing with imposter syndrome. We just talked about my 100K saving story. I talk about my quote unquote rich husband that everybody has a problem with. <laughs> <laughs> talk about building an impactful business, mental health, personal challenges, navigating through 2020 and just struggles. Um, and I talk about just what it means to be black and female in in business and just navigating this crazy world sometimes so thank you guys so much we'll be back next week wednesday 1 p.m eastern standard time and yeah <laughs> Yes. Oh, by the way, yes, so the book signings on July 9th in New York City. Um, we're going to share the details on the next live, and there will be an email that goes out. You'll see it on social media, but save the date for July 9th. There will be details on the website and all of that. So we're just finalizing everything, but the date is secured. It's July 9th, New York City. Okay, guys, thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next episode.